Hi, welcome to True Creeps, where the stories are true and the creeps are real. We'll cover stories from grotesque gore to the possibly plausible paranormal, to horrifying history, to tense and terrible true crime, and everything else that goes bump in the night. We're your hosts, Amanda, and I'm Lindsay, and we want you to join us while we creep. We cover mature topics. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, everyone. Today, we are going to be talking about one of the most common fears, and that is spiders. I know I'm terrified of spiders. I don't want to be because I understand they take care of other bugs that I don't like. And yet here I am still terrified of them. (laughs) Well, I feel like we've been cycling through a lot of common fears lately. And so once I was like, okay, it's time. We need to do spiders. Oh, yeah. And We've talked about them briefly before and how like both of us are trying to be better, right? Like we don't really kill spiders. We try not to. You had what? Benji had his uh, spider wife for a while. Oh, yeah. He did have a spider wife. And then I had a spider husband. Yes. Or a spider wife. I don't know what I had. I had someone. A spider spouse. I had a a special spider someone. (laughs) Adorable. So a few of the things, though, today that we'll be talking about did make us feel a little uneasy. But I feel like after researching, I felt a tad better, but still uneasy. Like, I kept thinking I had a spider in my hair as I was researching. It was just stressing me out. You know, oddly enough, I didn't go into that because I was like, spiders are existing on the internet alone. (laughs) Well, it might be that I have strong feelings still because I stayed in an Airbnb recently in the middle of nowhere. And it was infested with a spider called an orb weaver, which I know is totally harmless. Don't care. But literally infested. And it was so stressful. But anyways, if you are afraid of spiders, stay till the end, because we're going to wrap it up a little bit where you might feel a little bit better. Maybe you'll you'll be on our team where we're trying to befriend the spiders rather than harm them. So we're talking a fear of spiders. So of course, there's a name for it. And I feel like this phobia, people know the name of it, yes. which is arachnophobia. We didn't even have to look up how to say it. We knew this. Yeah, one. we knew. We're like... Done and done. And it's the intense fear of spiders. (laughs) And like, do I know that my fear is sometimes illogical? Completely. Yes. Yet here I am. The range of arachnophobia can vary. And if you're thinking of a fear and a phobia, they're they're really different, right? Because a phobia is intense and irrational fear towards one or more things or situations. And with a lot of phobias, The level of your fear doesn't match the actual danger present, right? Say you were, hypothetically, you were like screaming like someone was hurting you and really panicking over a very tiny spider that is not venomous (laughs) at all. Right, right. Versus like there is a black widow and it's literally sitting on your nose. (laughs) Right. So very different. Yeah. And sometimes phobias can be a health issue and they stop people from carrying out their normal activities. And not surprisingly, it's estimated that anywhere from 3 to 15% of the U.S. population has some form of arachnophobia. Have you seen, it's been coming up on my TikTok feed a lot and people have been sending it to me, but there's this man working at Dunkin' Donuts and he's making the spider donuts. And it was like, when you have to make spider donuts, when you have an intense fear of spiders... And he puts the donut hole in the spider or in the um, big donut with the legs. Mm -hmm. And he like looks away for a second and then he sees it out of the corner of his eye and he has to smash it. 
Like he can't stop. Oh, himself. so he just keeps doing it. Oh no! I'll have to find it again and send it to you. But that's that's what I keep thinking of. That poor man. I do find that I also like anything that is a a little bit of something that could be a bug. I respond as though it is a bug, which is embarrassing. <laughs> but so let's talk about what arachnophobia can be caused by, because it's still studied, which I feel like fair because we still have people who have this phobia, but. There are a few things that researchers believe may have led to it. And the first is having a bad experience involving a spider in the past. Fair. Totally fair. As a child being exposed to someone with arachnophobia. So like, say your parents were afraid of them and you watch their fear and anxiety. Interesting. And it can also be passed down. If your family has a history of anxiety disorders, this could increase your chance of developing phobias in general, which that makes sense, right? Yeah, yeah. So interestingly, some scientists even think that it can be a single genetic mutation that increases your risk of arachnophobia. So like if you have that particular gene defect, you're likely afraid of spiders. And I didn't really think of that when it came to phobias until recently. I did one of those DNA genetics kits. And some of the reports actually showed, like, based on my genetics and some other factors, if I was more likely or less likely to have certain fears. And one of them was heights. And it's like, you are unlikely to be afraid of heights. Huh. Well, as you know, we have tons of tangents, especially about bugs. So stay past the credits to hear our bug tangents. Isn't this all bug tangents? I mean, kind of. That's the name of this episode, bug tangents. (laughs) (laughs) Spider tangents. So let's go into some spider myths, because there's a lot of them out there. And they are all a little unsettling, right? I've also heard all of these. Yes. Yes. I was like, wait, these aren't facts. (laughs) So the first one, people swallow around eight spiders a year while they sleep. I've also seen in their lifetime, swallowing spiders. I've seen the eight per year while sleeping, and it's stressed me out. And I think that when I read that, I began sleeping on my stomach. It was, I don't know, 20 years ago, more than 20 years ago when I read it. And I remember being like, I don't want bugs in my mouth. (laughs) Did you ever watch Raising Hope? Yes, but not regularly enough to be able to like know all the things. There's a, a running joke that one of the characters sleeps with pantyhose on her head. Brilliant. So that bugs can't crawl into her mouth. Brilliant. That's what I think of. That's a great idea. Lucky Ben. <laughs> he looks over. I've got a pair of tights on my nose. is like smashed up. <laughs> a vision. Honestly, he might not even notice because I'm face down. How are you alive? Thriving. Honestly, without spiders in my mouth. That's, what I, that's how I'm alive. You know what? That's it. That's it. So Snopes.com reports that one of the columnists of a computing magazine wrote an article with lots of quote-unquote facts that had allegedly been circulated via email. The point of the article was to show that people would believe anything they read online. So don't worry. It's incredibly unlikely for someone to swallow one spider while they're sleeping, let alone eight. Okay, so Amanda is one year younger than me. One year less of spiders have been eaten. Yes. (laughs) Do you remember doing research in a library without computers? Yes. Mm-hmm. I remember when I first used a computer, I was like, but like, it's typed. That was a thing I had to like reconcile in my brain because I had not been exposed to 
books that were wrong, really. Like I was like, like yeah. informational books were like books in my library or books in my dad's occult library, which we casually had next to our <laughs> front door. Um, <laughs> but like I wasn't exposed to books that I couldn't believe. Right. And so it was an interesting thing to like click in your brain to go just because it's typed doesn't mean it's reputable. That's fair. Right. Or like just because someone read it somewhere doesn't mean it's a good source. Exactly. And I mean, like, we have a lot of that today where people are like, but I saw that an, a newspaper said it. And it's like, well, not all newspapers are real. There was a publication that said something incredibly problematic about January 6th. And when I went to their Facebook page, they had like 15 followers. And I was like, okay. I already wasn't going to believe it, but it was more like, I hope everyone is doing the same exercise of seeing how reputable and longstanding this publication is before I just believe what they say. Right. And followers don't necessarily mean truth either. There's a large network, news network, with a lot of followers. That's not even a news network. Followers don't necessarily mean anything, but that just felt like the minimum that a person could do. <laughs> that was like the minimum check. Yeah. Like step one. Yeah. So let's go into another myth. All spiders spin webs. And uh hate to break it to you, all spiders do not spin webs. I have been living a fucking lie. <laughs> Did not know this. I thought they all spun webs. Really? Yes! Maybe you don't have as many spiders. We have lots of spiders here. I feel like the spiders I see are like house spiders. I don't have like wild big spiders. Do you have big wild? Come on, I'm in hell. I'm literal hell. Arizona is the Australia of the United States. It truly is. You know, I feel like I could live anywhere now. But as Lindsay just learned, there are several types of spiders that do not need to spin a web to catch their food. And an example is wolf spiders because they jump onto their prey. I hate this so fucking much. <laughs> I look, what am I afraid of a spider doing when I see it? Jumping on me. <laughs> not that like, and like a little nod. I could take her. Are you picturing it? <laughs> I am. Yeah. Love this. But no, it is, it's is—it's what I'm afraid of a spider doing. So knowing that some spiders are like, nah, no, no webs for me, baby. I'm going to just jump. Like, I don't like that. I would prefer that to not be a thing. Where will we go? Who knows? <laughs> so many tangents in this episode, but they're at the end. Anyways, let's get in to the scariest of the spider world. And we picked a couple to focus on because one is a very common one that people are afraid of. One is the deadliest spider and one is the biggest spider, which I have a lot of thoughts on that. A lot of thoughts, a lot of thoughts, a lot of feelings. A lot, <laughs> uh, a lot is what we're saying. We have a, a lot. lot. Yes. So the first one we're going to talk about is the deadliest spider in North America. And that's the brown recluse. And everyone has heard that one, right? I feel like it's very hard to identify and I think that's what makes me so nervous about it, because any time someone finds any sort of brown spider, people post them on like my Facebook group uh, for our neighborhood. And almost weekly, someone's like, oh, my gosh, is this a brown recluse? And they're like, no, it's a common brown spider. No, I work for this pest control. It is a brown recluse. And like everyone fights over it. So I just assume every brown spider could perhaps be a brown recluse. That sounds safe. Also, immediately know I am leaving this group. Like, if I'm going to get unsolicited spider pics, I would <laughs> rather receive appendages. 
But lost dogs. Okay, okay. A couple weeks ago, I said that lost dogs came to my house and decided they lived here. We found their home because of the group. No, that's why you have your husband in the group. He can't social media. He is the equivalent of a 97-year-old man trying to social media. I'm just saying. I just wouldn't go on social media <laughs> if whenever I opened up my Facebook feed, it was like, here's a spider you never asked to see. You know what's really fun? Hmm. It's when the tarantulas are like, I don't know if it's called molting or whatever they do. I'm going to just go ahead and say, no, it's not. They're finding their like pieces all around. And they're like, oh, the tarantulas are out there again. I just don't understand how you live there. It just doesn't make <laughs> sense in my head. It is inhabitable. <laughs> so anyways, back to Brown Recluse. How you identify it is that it will have a brown or a grayish body with a violin-shaped marking. But like, a lot of spiders have weird markings, and it's really hard to decipher. Personally, I think it's hard. But they have that violin-shaped thing. Also, most spiders aren't like, look at my body. <laughs> right? Like, they're on the move. As they're sizing you up. <laughs> no, no, this is a different interaction because there's like a, oh. like a wiggle, a sensual wiggle. Look at my body. Well, they have long legs and three pairs of eyes. But like, really, who's getting that close to look? Most spiders have four pairs of eyes. And there's no way I'm getting that close to figure out how many pairs of eyes the thing has. Can you imagine? No. They're like, oh, well, that is it. No. Because there's only three pairs of eyes. No. I mean, maybe if you have a good camera and can see from afar, but not close. Get that good optical zoom. I'm not like, ooh, let me really take in this spider. I'm making that terrible sound that I'm probably going to keep making when I accidentally see a spider photo. <laughs> and just an interesting fact about them. Brown recluse can self-amputate a limb to flee from a predator or to prevent venom from spreading to the rest of its body. Hardcore. And it doesn't grow back. They just have to live with that choice. So while the brown recluse is only found in 16 states, many states have some type of recluse that has a similar venom. Also... Don't worry, they're international. There is also a Mediterranean recluse found in Southern Europe, but they're a little bit different in where they hang out. So for the brown recluse, they live up to their name and prefer to be alone. Understand it. They like to set up their homes inside cracks and walls or under rocks or wood piles or in the bark of dead trees and sometimes under stored items that aren't moved quickly. So if you need an excuse to not have clutter, that's it. <laughs> yep. Mm -hmm. And also, say you like have gardening gloves outside or like boots or something like that, you likely don't want to do that because they could move in. Ugh. And luckily for us, they aren't very aggressive and most bites don't actually cause major symptoms. That's really interesting to me because I always thought that you were pretty much fucked. Like if one bit you, the world is ending, you need to go to the hospital immediately. Yeah, same. And so most brown recluse bites result in no reaction or just a small, tiny little red swollen area that ends up healing on its own. Yeah, I didn't know that. Or it progresses a little bit, but it's pretty easily treated, I guess, according to doctors. But they still do recommend watching it, obviously, and going to the doctor if anything changes, especially because what can happen. Yes, you still want to be careful because the venom can lead to serious complications in about 10% of cases. And when we say serious complications, we mean things like skin necrosis, and it develops over the course of two weeks, but the skin surrounding the bite turns black, dries out, and eventually falls off. And I saw some places it says it sludges off. Like sloths off. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, that's kind of what it would just naturally do. Right? Think like of like a snake. 
Yeah. But that truly feels like horror movie stuff, right? It does. Have you ever seen the pictures of that? Of what a brown recluse fight can turn into? No, and I won't. Not tonight. One day you will, and you're going to think of this moment and go, oh. I'm going to have to start blocking Amanda on social media if she's sending me this <laughs> shit. Uh, so, okay. So, other symptoms can include nausea, vomiting, fever, rashes, muscle and joint pain, and in even more rare cases, it can lead to organ damage and death. That's crazy. Yes. And that's why every brown spider is a brown recluse in my head. Yeah, fair. And obviously, there's a lot of variables, too. So, like, where the spider bites you, how much venom it puts into you, etc., etc. But scary nonetheless. So, let's move to the place where everyone knows we're going, right? And that's to Australia. Of course. And that is home to the deadliest spider. And it's called the Sydney Funnel Web Spider. Long name. Mm -hmm. This is what kept me up one night. I think I was up till 3 a.m., just watching videos about this thing because it's insane. So they like to burrow under logs and rocks in the forest area, and they prefer a cool and humid climate. They are pretty large spiders, and males can be about 10 centimeters stretched out. In case you're wondering, that's about one fourteenth of a 12-year-old boy. Everyone was. Everyone was thinking I, that. I knew they were. I knew they were. They need a relatable measurement, Amanda. <laughs> they really do. <laughs> So they're known to be ill-tempered, and some even say cranky spiders. Same. Yeah. And I was watching a video by um, Monster Bug Wars. Love this And I them. loved that they they were referring to them as cranky old man spiders. Fair. And I think it's because we're going to talk about how they hunt, but they get into this position where they like lift up some of their legs and they show their fangs. And like when people approach them, they just get into that position and stay there. Like it's ready to fight. Yes. They're usually black or a dark color, and the front of their bodies are shiny and hairless. And then their abdomens are usually black or the dark plum color. Hmm. The females usually are sedentary, and they stay in their burrows, like in the entrance, ready to hunt. Love that. And then the males, they're the ones that are more active. So you're more likely to come across one and not in the burrow because they're like moving around. And especially during the rainy season, because they like to go out looking for females i was gonna say i love the idea they're like i brought takeout so you don't <laughs> like that's what in my head it is especially because like ben works from home now sometimes too but like when i was home more i would do more cooking so it, to me it's something i'm like i'm cooking at home versus him being like i brought takeout that's the, the vision <laughs> i have in my head i mean that makes them less scary yeah i'm still terrified <laughs> so they're nocturnal but sometimes the males will hide in things like shoes or inside houses during the daytime. So like the sun will come up and they'll be like, uh-oh, I don't want to be out here. And they'll just go to like the closest place to hide. So that's why they're like, do not leave your shoes outside. And if you do, make sure to like shake them off and make sure nothing's inside because they'll move in. No. And their hunting techniques are very skilled. And what they do, I was watching this for a while, they hide in their burrow and they essentially set a trap for their prey. And their burrow is like, it's in the shape of a funnel, like their name. And what they'll do is they'll sit there and wait. And then when something like a beetle, a lizard, sometimes snails, they walk across their little silken trip line outside their burrow, they pop out and grab it and take it back inside. Love that. For kind them. of like when you order Grubhub. <laughs> <laughs> And you <laughs> grab it, go inside before someone can see you. <laughs> Same thing. 
same thing. Exactly. I stand in my funnel home. Just pop out. Someone's waiting at the door. They they quickly grab it, throw it inside. Yeah. This is, you know, a tangent, but this is staying in episode proper. Okay. I do not understand why I have a table next to my front door. There's nothing on it. It exists for packages and deliveries. Why do the Grubhub people put my order in front of the door on the ground? Why is that? Then I open the door and I knock it over. Every time I'm like, is this your way of telling me you hate me? I tip well. I don't understand. Oh, you have a security door that opens out. Yeah, like a storm door. And so like, Mm -hmm. I'm like, why are you doing this? Please. But anyway, let's get back to our funnel web spiders. Look, Amanda gave you a beautiful description of how they hunt. They're great hunters, but they don't have very good vision, although they have eight eyes and they aren't very fast. Same. Poor guys. Their lungs are also (laughs) underdeveloped, so they get tired quickly, and they're prehistoric. (laughs) I think you know where we're going here, Amanda. (laughs) I think you know that these might be the lemons of Australia, but I love them. Honestly, they are still thriving. They are. They figured things out. They were like, we have some challenges. We will adapt otherwise because we cannot chase you. And we can't jump atop you, so we'll build a funnel to trap you after you trip. But they are prehistoric. They're actually considered an ancient group, and it's thought that they emerged 150 million years ago, near the end of the Jurassic period. So they've had just a little bit of time to perfect their hunting methods. Yeah, and it's just, I mean, we were all thinking of the Basilosaurus, right? Yeah. The Basilosaurus did not make it. These guys have. Wonder why. Hey. Brittle bones. Deep sea. These things can't even breathe long. Like, they can't run. Amanda, brittle bones. (laughs) Deep sea. These don't make sense. (laughs) If there's ever a trivia question about, like, a basilosaurus, I'm going to fucking rock it. Because I know so much about the lemon of the sea. They're like, this lady is screaming at the top of her lungs. Like, please (laughs) tell her to stop. (laughs) I will not. We love the basilosaurus. No, actually... I'm not the one that's pro-basilosaurus. <laughs> but okay, all joking aside, their venom is incredibly potent. And it can kill someone in just minutes. And for a toddler, it would be just five minutes. That's scary. Death has occurred in adults within an hour. And they have very powerful jaws and super venom. And what we're seeing here is that they have strengths. Unlike the Basilosaurus, <laughs> their fangs are parallel, and when they attack, they rear up and strike down repeatedly, like biting several times, not just once, just like, I gotcha, and then again, and again, and again, right? Because they've got powerful jaws, but also super venom, and then they're going to bite you a bunch. And with force. So, when we're saying that they have powerful jaws, we mean that they're so powerful that they can crush the skull of a mouse. And... I don't like saying it. I don't like saying it, but I'm going to say it. (laughs) Their fangs are capable of piercing through fingernails. That's strong. I understand that logically a mouse skull is likely stronger than a human fingernail. But I just want to know who was like, we've got to put this to the test (laughs) and figure this out. Because I don't need that comparison. I don't need to think about that. I think you can just get like the strength of the force and then know how much it takes to get different things. Yeah. But do we need to say it? Science. Scientists. Do we need to say it? Also, when they do rear up, 
you can see the venom drip from their fangs, which feels very ominous. Yes. <laughs> and so Amanda mentioned, right, that they call them grumpy old men because they like get into an attack stance when approached. But they'll get into that position and then just hang out for 10 to 15 minutes like, I'll wait. <laughs> yes. I saw some videos of people and we're going to talk about people catching them in a little bit. But the people would like approach them and they'd be just like standing up ready to kill that person. They're terrifying. So more facts about them. Females can live about 20 years and males only live about four. That's because they're going out into the world. Yeah, they're not just staying home. So the anti-venom for this creature was developed in the 80s. But I just keep going to the thought of only having like five minutes for a toddler. And that just freaks me out. The anti-venom has been used for about 100 patients since the 80s. I get that that's not a lot, but it is too many. It is, yes. And the Australian Reptile Park has dedicated staff that works in the country's only funnel web venom milking program that aids in the production of creating the anti-venom. Do we need to call it that? Do we? It can't be like venom extraction, venom milking. That's the term we needed. All I'm thinking of, have you seen the new Ninja Turtles movie? Yes. Do you remember what happens if they get caught? The new one. That <gasps> right now. <laughs> They're going to milk us. Oh, no. Yes. <laughs> That's all I thought of the whole time. Oh, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't like any of this. That's <laughs> bad. It takes 70 milkings, milkings to produce one dose of anti-venom. Or that's about 150 spiders because I have to wait for them to have like enough, I guess. Milkings. I think. Ugh. They encourage. This is the part that like freaked me out. And I was like, this cannot be <laughs> okay. true. Okay. This is deadly. And I was like Googling around. And then I'll just tell you. They encourage residents in Sydney to catch funnel web spiders and drop them off in designated drop off points. Is it a means of population control? Is that why they're doing that? Because it's a bad idea. Doesn't that sound horrific? And I was like, this cannot be true. It's the deadliest spider. No, it's fucking true. And so when I looked it up, they have drop-off points. And currently, they're also asking for egg sacs. And they even have videos on their website showing how to collect the eggs and how to safely collect the spiders. I would be too busy hysterically shrieking to do any of this. The fortitude of some people is amazing because I mean, like, look, it's a good thing to catch them because people will be able to be saved from the milkings. Right. But I still don't like any of this. I can I can appreciate its importance, but I also am nauseous. He's like, just put it in a jar. Just take a wooden spoon and move it into the jar. Well, they are slow, right? So at least there's that. When they strike, they're fast, though, to like get their prey. No, no, no. But I mean, like, but they're like skittering isn't like, yeah, so fast. But I mean, look, I can't tell you that if it was like, reared up venom dripping from its tooth, I'd be like, it's fine. It's slow. <laughs> like, I would be like, again, hysterically shrieking, just just shrieking yeah. at the top of my lungs. Yep. Even seeing it on their website. I'm like, that's not true. <laughs> that's not true. I had to Google around for a little bit. And they're like, yeah, these are the drop off points. This is what you do. This is how you find them to help us. And I was like, no, no, thank you. I'm so sorry. Please, please, people that are better with this, save the other people because I just can't. I'm so sorry. But let's talk about what happens if you do get bitten. So people suffer from extreme pain, 
They can experience breathing problems, convulsions, confusion, and dangerously high blood pressure. But just grab a wooden spoon. It's fine. It's totally fine. No bigs. So, okay. I'm already terrified. Let's make it worse, shall we? Of course. So, okay. We know the scientists are studying their venom. But here's what they found. They can kill a human within hours, right? If it's not treated. Mm -hmm. But the venom doesn't have the same effect on small mammals. They're actually typically fine, and they'll neutralize the toxin quickly in their bodies. Right. And what you mean by small mammals, like, you don't have to worry about your dogs or your cats or your pet rabbit and things like that being outside because their venom won't hurt them. Yeah. But so its venom is highly effective on two groups, invertebrates and primates. And so they have the opposite effect. It paralyzes invertebrates and it causes fibrillation in primates. And there's a specific molecule in their venom that kills people, and it's called a delta hexatoxin. And they're produced in particularly large quantities by sexually mature males during breeding season. And what's interesting is that's a time when they're barely feeding at all, but it does mean that they would be outside of their burrows moving like about the world more because they're looking for lady spiders who are presumably hanging out in their burrows waiting to hunt, not going out and getting takeout. Yep. Or like, they're not like on the prowl. They're like, you'll come to me. So they have to be like looking under things like, where will I find a lady? <laughs> so like, I think that's just interesting that it's a time when they aren't feeding, that they're more dangerous. Deadly. Yeah. Right. And that's when people find them more often. It's when they're out looking. Yes. It's scary. But I am glad that their pets are safe. Because that's always the first thing, too, when I think of, like, what spiders are here. We've had a dog that had a severe spider bite where we were at the ER all night. And so that freaks me out. But at least with these terrible things, it won't hurt your dog. Yeah. But anyways, this is something that I thought was very interesting, too. Speaking of how deadly they can be to us. But Brian Fry of the University of Queensland wrote a paper and said, quote, The role of delta hexatoxins in funnel web venom is not to kill prey, but rather as a sophisticated form of defense, but that paradoxically, its deadliness to humans is because neither they nor their primate ancestors were, until recently, a threat to the spiders. And so Dr. Fry suspects that because until the arrival of humans in Australia, these spiders never encountered primates, and so they had no chance to co-evolve with them, and that had co-evolution taken place, the lethality of the venom may have decreased. But because they yeah, were growing up together, that's why they're so deadly to us. Yeah, because they had to be. Well, I just thought it was interesting that because they weren't around us, right? Like they didn't evolve with us, that that's why that random little thing in their venom is so deadly to us. And like it didn't decrease how deadly it was to us over time because we weren't near it. And that's just weird. Yeah, it's just interesting that it happened to be just a random. Yeah, it's just like a a very terrible random thing that happened. No reason. Yeah, I mean, like I would also imagine, though, that in order to survive, their venom would have needed to be more potent. So like it may not have decreased as well. It's more weird that it's so potent to something that they don't hunt. No, I understand. But what I'm saying, though, is that while we weren't always a threat to them, we became a threat to them. Yeah. I mean, for fuck's sake, we're milking them. <laughs> like, 
clearly we we are a threat. So it's interesting that like rather than evolving, it was just randomly there. But I wonder if it wouldn't have decreased if we had co-evolved. Do you see what I'm saying? Because they would have needed to defend themselves from our milkings. Yeah, maybe. It's very weird. It's bizarre. Yeah. The whole thing was fascinating, though. So now we know about some deadly spiders, right? We've traveled around. But what is the biggest spider? And that is the Goliath bird eater. I fucking hate the name of this. Oh, yeah. It's unnecessary. It scares me. No. No. Absolutely (laughs) no. no. They are found in some of the rainforest regions of South America. Their lifespan is, you know, 15 to 25 years. 25 fucking years. That's wild to me. Yeah. Ugh. So when they lay their eggs, they lay 100 to 200 eggs that hatch after only six to eight weeks. Mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. So despite their name, they typically eat anthropods. And what is that, right? That's an insect, other spiders, scorpions, good. Centipedes, good. millipedes, crabs, crawfish, shrimp, and lobsters. These spiders are described as shy because they are not often seen or encountered by humans. Good. I like that. That's good. Yeah, I like I like the idea of a shy spider, and I also like that they are not around. Right. But their fangs are one inch, so, you know. Their leg span reaches almost 12 inches. Which is, again, you know, almost one-fifth of a 12-year-old boy. This next part is my fucking favorite thing. This is the funniest thing in the world to me. They are so large that their feet have teeny claws. This is cute. This is cute to me. Oh, you just called the spider cute. Because in my head, they're painted. Oh, okay. Pink. Okay, yeah. So when they walk, they make a clicking sound that is like a horse clop, but obviously much quieter. I love that someone's figured that out. So what happens if they bite a human? The good news is that it is not fatal. The bad news is, is that the force of the bite <laughs> has been compared to driving a nail into your hand. <laughs> but you know, no bigs. The venom isn't toxic. It feels like a wasp sting. I still don't like that either. I don't like that either, but at least it's not terrifying and deadly. Yeah, it just hurts a lot. I mean, also, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. If a spider the size of a dinner plate puts its one-inch fang into my body in any fashion, or honestly, comes near me, I will die of fright. (laughs) Just die of fright right there. Right there, immediately. Can it bite through a Georgia Guidestone? Everlasting faint. You will have an everlasting faint. Oh, I would absolutely have an everlasting faint. (laughs) So these guys also have hair that can injure humans. (laughs) And so they are nettle bristle-like hairs that can cause physical irritation and discomfort. It's kind of similar to, I don't know if you've like ever- Like a cactus spine, maybe? Yeah, yeah, it's similar to that. I would say, like, have you ever encountered a caterpillar that was pointy? No, we don't have deadly caterpillars, do we? We might. We probably do. Well, no, no. we. I, I've touched a pointy caterpillar before. And it's like, ah, but it's not, like, deadly. It's just uncomfortable. Okay. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, I think of, like, the clear- cactus spines that like if you accidentally touch it you have like 500 in your hand and it's awful (sighs) okay so now that we've scared everyone that's afraid of spiders right like we're just all uncomfortable together including ourselves yeah including ourselves let's try to calm down a little and talk about why we really shouldn't fear spiders and maybe we should avert to another creature and be more afraid of them oh my gosh i am a woman of, of, of so much 
um a fear i'm a woman of fear (laughs) i am a woman of beverages a woman of fear i was gonna say i was like i'm a woman who can be so many things at once i'm so complex i have so many fears (laughs) (laughs) well how we were talking about like why some of us are afraid or how it could be passed down some researchers believe that our ancestors evolved to fear spiders and then that was passed down to us right But a lot of those scary spiders that are super dangerous aren't actually found where modern humans evolved from. So it doesn't really make much sense. Look, I'm just saying that sometimes nature knows. (laughs) Nature knows. Well, Daniel Frinta of Charles University, Prague, along with some colleagues, believes that, quote, perhaps we evolved to fear not essentially harmless spiders, but a dangerous close relative with a similar body plan, scorpions. And that maybe our brains overgeneralized reacting to spiders in the same way because they look kind of similar. And so our fear isn't really spiders, it's scorpions. Mm, no. <laughs> I say no on this one because I'm not afraid of like crabs and they look similar to a spider. They have the little pincers with them. Spiders don't have pincers. They have cute little hands. Crabs? Yeah. They're cute little pincher hands. I've They're been cute. eating they, like, eat with so them. many crab legs recently. No, crabs are cute. Scorpions have a fucking dagger tail that wants to kill you. Spike butt. Spike butt, yeah. I'm, I'm voting no on this one. So this team did a test with various creatures, including spiders, scorpions, and other arachnids like whip spiders, cockroaches, beetles, crabs, and myriapods like centipedes. Mm, th- that last one, I don't even like to see it in print. <laughs> so here's what they did. They put them in a clear container and they let each participant in the study use a seven-point scale to rate them for fear, disgust, and beauty. And they had 329 participants in the study, which feels like a good, nice selection of people. Yeah. So they found that beauty and fear had no link, meaning that people could find things to be beautiful and scary at the same time, which I can appreciate because I, too, can find things to be beautiful and scary. I may be beautiful and scary sometimes. For fear, the ones with the highest scores were the spiders, scorpions, and other arachnids which I feel like is reasonable. Yeah. Disgust was similar, but the myriapods took higher ratings, which was like, but like right in front of the arachnids. Yeah. So unlike spiders, scorpions do pose a threat and kill more people. Between about 2,600 and 3,000 people per year worldwide, which feels like a lot, right? Mm -hmm. Enough for us to be terrified of them as well. And spiders, in contrast, are only responsible for about three to seven-ish deaths in the United States each year. And most of those victims, sadly, are children. In 2021, the U.S. American Association of Poison Control Centers only tracked one death caused by a spider bite. And that was from a brown recluse. And what's wild is that Australia hasn't reported a single spider bite death since the 80s. And I would wonder if that's because of their like effective process of creating an anti-venom. Yeah. Yeah. And they're milking. They're milking. Ugh. Were you afraid of spiders before this? Now be afraid of scorpions. Exactly. That's what I, fe- that, I felt that's like. Yeah, lesson so far. Move it over. Mm-hmm. So back to the first point about researchers believing that our ancestors evolved to fear spiders and then passed it down to us. Well, The team that we're talking about who conducted this research says spiders doesn't make a ton of sense, but scorpions really do. And that's because they're considered ancient species and they're native to where humans evolved from. So Africa and the Middle East. 
meaning that the fear of scorpions seems more warranted than being afraid of spiders. Now, we're talking about, you know, arachnophobia, high intense fears, right? Well, fortunately, if you do have an intense fear or a phobia of any of these creatures, there are many ways to treat it, including False. psychotherapy, medications, various other therapies, and different ways to cope. False. Disagree. <laughs> Big disagree. She's like, no. Big disagree. <laughs> I feel a little bit better knowing that I'm probably not going to die from a spider bite. Even though we have a lot of venomous spiders here, knowing that it's very rare for like the crazy reaction did give me a little bit of peace. Here's my thing. My fear of spiders is not that I will die from them. I do not know what I'm afraid of. I am simply afraid. So there's no rationalizing it because I'm still <laughs> just... I was never like, I am afraid this spider will like bite and kill me. I'm more like, I'm afraid it will touch me. <laughs> like, well, that's I don't like even get to bite. Like, I don't even get there. Like, I'm just like, it might be in my in my presence. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, I don't want them touching me. I still don't want to hang out with spiders. I still don't want to go to an infested Airbnb, right? But knowing that I probably won't even know if I'm bit by most of them, again, just gives me a little bit less of a fear. <laughs> and I, on the other <laughs> hand, am unraveling at the thought that I have been bitten and do not know. <laughs> the, this is the only time I've ever wished that we were like recording our faces because if you could have seen <laughs> the look of just pure, unadulterated horror on my face as Amanda said that, it it just didn't even occur to me. All right. Well, I have something else oh, God. that might help a little. I don't think it is. I don't think it is. <laughs> Stressed. Many of the fears stem from us not knowing about most of them and not knowing that most of them don't actually want to hurt or kill us. And knowing which ones that are harmless versus which ones to avoid might help ease some of that stress. And then here's the good news. The good news is that only about 0.5% of spider species are actually dangerous to humans. And the US has about 3,500-ish types of spiders. But the majority of them, their fangs are either too short or too fragile to break through human skin. I can appreciate the idea of them having tiny little teeth that are brittle is a little bit endearing. <laughs> but again, like I, I think it's because I'm not afraid of being bitten. I'm afraid of being in their presence. What a time. Welcome to spider therapy. Do I need it? <laughs> yes. So Amanda wanted to end our episode on... Here are some reasons to not be afraid of spiders. And I went, no, no, no. <laughs> Everyone will be here with me. And that's why we're going to talk about a cryptid, question mark, named the Chabafufi, which translates to very large spider in Congolese. Now, their existence has not been scientifically proven, but let's not let that stop us from being utterly terrified. So, the first sighting was by Reginald and Marguerite Lloyd in 1938. They were driving in the Congo when they saw what appeared to be a tarantula with a four to five foot leg span. Oh, no. And so, what we have for the description is a mix of different people's experiences. So, they're said to lay walnut-sized eggs <laughs> and that when the babies hatch, they're neon yellow with a pale purple abdomen. And then as they get older, they become darker and they become brown. 
they're described as basically looking like massive tarantulas. And they're said to live in tunnels that they burrow themselves in the African Congo. And that in addition to the tunnels, they weave massive webs between two trees over the burrow and they cover their burrow with leaves. And this next part's going to sound really, really familiar to the Sydney funnel spider that we talked about earlier. And so basically, it's got the big web between the trees, aka it's trip, little trip web, right? But here it's after the fact. They're going to like, they're going to hit that web and then they're going to fall into the burrow that is hidden. And in the burrow is the spider waiting to eat what it has caught, which is typically a forest antelope, which is not a small creature. No. There are stories of locals being eaten by this spider after being captured in the same fashion. Their abdomen alone is thought to be the size of a basketball. And the diameter is almost, you know, one fifth of the size of a 12 year old boy. Holy fuck. Hold on. Holy fuck. Forest antelopes at their full maturity can stand from three and a half to four and a half feet high. I know. On the shoulder. Mm-hmm. And are seven to ten feet long. So they are bigger than us. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Just saying. Yes. Just saying. Yes. Yes. <laughs> no one's leaving without fear today. So, okay. I'm just kidding. We are gonna we're gonna we're gonna go backwards a little bit. It's likely that they don't exist. <laughs> There's no fossil records. And all the reports are anecdotal, although there have been reports as late as the early 2000s. But what makes this kind of impossible to exist is the unique design of a spider's respiratory system makes it unlikely that they could ever get larger than that Goliath bird eater that we talked about earlier. Mm -hmm. And he's Which it makes sense, right? Because if you're thinking of like circulation, right? Like how are they going to get what they need to their appendages? Yeah. And I'm. I don't know why I went back to it, but I looked up the Goliath bird eater again, just so I had a picture of it again. And uh, CBS News called it puppy sized. No, no. They called it a puppy sized spider. I don't like that. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Let me just take my Goliath bird eater for a walk. People have them as pets, it look like. No. Nope. <laughs> I mean, Yeah. There's a lot of people holding them. A lot of people. Yeah. Well, that's our spiders episode. Uh, how I'm do you so feel? So glad we're done. After listening, are you I'm so relieved we're afraid done? Afraid of spiders? Are you not afraid of spiders? Do you have spiders as pets? Let us know. Also, I want to know: Did this help you not be as afraid of spiders, or did it just hurt you? And if we did, we're sorry. And then, lastly, did we unlock a new fear of scorpions for you? Or were you afraid before, and you're still afraid now? <laughs> yes. Of also, spiders. if you have any scary spider stories, send them our way for our Podiversary episode that's coming up. The deadline is approaching very quickly, so you only have a few more days once this comes out. But please submit your stories by October 2nd. It'll also get you some entries into our Halloween contest for our spooky basket. Again, there's many ways to enter. You could submit a story for the Podiversary, written or audio. You could leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or if you've already done that, have a friend do it and name drop you. You could be an active member of our Patreon. And we thank each and every one of you so much. And lastly, for another entry, you can share us in your Insta story. For more details, head to our website. We have all of the deets and the hot goss ready to go. By the way, Amanda doesn't say it because she's modest, but she's curated a beautiful and stunning and spooky little, little gift basket. It's worth over $100. And 
it's got some good stuff in it. Like, it's definitely, like, and when I say got some, it's all good stuff. I was like, ooh, I like that. And then I got my birthday package from Amanda, and I was like, I've got that. <laughs> I told you when I was shopping, I had one for me, one for Lindsay, one for Beth. I was very pleased. <laughs> good. Well, with that, have a good weekend. Thanks for creeping with us. Thanks for listening. And as always, a special thank you to our patrons who support us via Patreon. Please see the link in our show notes to learn more about how you, yes, you, can begin to haunt the dump, guard vortexes, or even become a scorching Sasquatch. Also in our show notes, you can find the link to our website, more information on our sources, our social media handles, and our merch store. We'd love for you to keep creeping with us. So if you like this episode, please subscribe, rate, review, and share the show with your fellow creeps and or ghosts. I beg of you. (laughs) No one's leaving without fear today. And they have very powerful... Powerful. Question for you. How do you feel about slugs? Fine. You touch them? I mean, I guess I've never really been around a slug. I've had like snails in my house, like in California many years ago, and I'd like move them around so no one would step on them. Oh, is it too dry for slugs there? Because they are a real gooey creature. Oh, yeah. We don't have anything like that. We have toads. And I'm fine like moving them. There was a slug in our trash can last night. And Ben is a he is a snail advocate. He will save snails from many places like he's cool with touching them. And he got it out. And he's like, what would you have done if I wasn't here? And I was like, I would have gotten something else to touch it. Like I wouldn't have touched it myself. And he was like, "Ugh." and then he went to wash his hands and like wash them for a solid like four minutes. And I put like sugar on his hands for some grit. Mm -hmm. So like he could finally get it off. And then today, after he had left for work, I was bringing the trash cans in and there was a snail, no, a slug that had been injured on our sidewalk. And so like, he, I don't think he could snail away. I don't think he could slug away. I'm using snail and slug interchangeably and they are not the same thing. (laughs) Uh, He couldn't just slug away. So I was like, uh, I got like the newspaper that we do not read, but it's for some reason delivered to our house. And I like, flipped him into the grass and i was like see i'll save them just not with my hands (laughs) all i think of is that parks and rec episode where the lady like calls them to remove i think it's slugs it could be snails though but she wants them to remove them but she wants them to be happy but not too happy yeah i mean never too happy (laughs) but yes i don't think that they freak me out as much as like spiders do oh yeah it's the legs Mm mm-hmm mm-hmm I am likely to be afraid of spiders and heights. And (laughs) spiders on mountains are the worst. Oh, no. And little pieces of debris that look like a bug. But more than anything else, water bugs. (laughs) I'll jog for a solid three blocks if I see one. And sometimes scream. Oh, yes. It is a lot. And by a lot, I mean I am a lot. Is that a Maryland thing? Is Is that a thing? A water bug? I don't know what that is. I don't see them in the county. I only see them in the city. And they're like anywhere from like the size of your pinky nail to the size of your thumb. And they are not people averse. Okay. We have Palaverde beetles and those are gigantic, like huge. I need you to know that if you're going to try to show me a picture of a bug, I am not looking at any more bug pictures. <laughs> I have already looked at enough spiders and I'm I'm doing it. We're doing it. Don't show me more bugs. <laughs> well, this this could go at the end. This could go at the end. I'm still not looking at more pictures of bugs. When we were when we were building our pool, uh, it's a big um 
above ground pool. At one part, you have to have someone inside the pool to raise the walls. Mm -hmm. And then you have to build the ladder to let them out. Right. And I'm like, it's okay. I'll be in here and then I'll build the ladder while you do the other outdoor things. So we could like be working on two things Mm -hmm. at once. Well, as we're constructing the last wall, a Palo Verde beetle flies up. And I'm like, oh, my God. If it comes inside the pool, I am trapped. Oh, no. And I can't get out. And then I I had like the worst like chest pain. I was so freaked out (laughs) that it was going to come and eat me. And I was going to be stuck. And there's nothing I could do. Like the walls are so tall and I am so short. And so I'm like frantically trying to build this ladder and it had no instructions. So I'm watching YouTube and like hoping that it's not going to fly into the pool because then I would just die. If this isn't like (laughs) working under pressure, I don't know what is because you're building the thing that can save you. (laughs) I felt like I was in Saw, okay? (laughs) I feel like what... What people are learning is that the Amanda and Lindsay version of Saul is very low effort. <laughs> like, he's truly just put us in a room with a bug. We can't leave. <laughs> yeah. So um, what happened is I didn't build the ladder fast enough and Mike had to take the wall down of the pool to free me because I didn't know where the thing went. Also, are you the type that's like, uh, if you don't see it leave, it's here? Yes. And I can't rest until I know it's how it's been dispositioned. Yeah. For centipedes, they must die. Everything else I'm fine with like the catch and a release. Centipedes <laughs> must be killed on sight. On sight. I'm I'm looking around my room saying that to the walls like a psycho. <laughs> <laughs> Reports that one of the columnists I don't mind the little jumping spiders. Like, have you seen, I don't, I don't know if you're on spider TikTok like I am now, where people keep them as pets, the little cute ones, and they have like little paws almost. And they're adorable. Okay, there is one type of spider that is very cute. There is an HBO show about him. There's a child show that I made Ben watch. And when I say child, I mean like maybe toddler that I made Ben watch with me after we watched a very scary movie. And I was like, I just need a palate cleanser. And oh my God, what is that show? It's Lucas the Spider. Okay. Have you seen him before? I've I've not seen that one. Oh no. my gosh! Hold on, let me just show you a picture of Luke. Ah! What? That was that was me real time. I typed in HBO spider. It didn't show me pictures of cute spiders. It showed me normal spiders, and and you jumped. Did you not hear that sound I made? <laughs> I did. Oh, Lucas is adorable. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's like the real life version of those. Yes, I can appreciate that they are cute, and at the same time. Be irrationally afraid of them. Ah! Really? I picked one up because it was trying to get in the pool the other day, and I put him in my garden. And I was like, you can live here. The sound that I made was not one I would like to make, and yet here I am continuing to make as we talk about spiders. This is the episode that has freaked me out the most, by the way. Really? Mm -hmm. Of everything we've covered. Only because we haven't done aliens yet. What freaked me out is I did a lot of the research at night, Mm. like after everyone was in bed. And like, I once where I sit right at my desk, I'm facing like the wall in front of me goes outside. And uh, I was sitting here and the cat was chasing something. Uh Oh, and I looked down and it was a big brown spider. And it was really fucking fast. You called. And so now like, well, when I can't like, because my feet are under the desk, and that freaks me out. And especially at night, I feel like, oh, they're coming out to kill me. And so the research for this was scarier than talking about it. See, if I had had that experience, 
my feet would not be on the floor. I would be sitting like crisscross applesauce in my chair indefinitely. You want to know something funny? I have a, a stool now and my feet, I am sitting like crisscross with the stool underneath so they don't touch the ground. I know you have a stool because I was like, that's the most brilliant idea ever. And I put a stool under my desk because I like your stool. And the stool that I have was made by my grandfather because he thought my brother was going to be a girl. And he was like, well, then she's going to need like a little stool for the toilet to be able to get up. And it is the only thing I've had my entire life. Like I've literally had it everywhere I've lived my entire life. It was very well made. He did a great job. Aw, that's cute. The idea that a creature could find that the world was not suitable for it, and then it could evolve and become better, unlike a basilosaurus that continued to have brittle bones, although in deeper parts of the ocean, that could not withstand the pressure. <laughs> the way Amanda rolled her fucking eyes at me, she was like, <laughs> she's like, I'm gonna fucking come through this fucking screen. <laughs> this is my show now. That was so loud. <laughs> I'm going at the end <laughs> of the fuck my life. I give up. You know what? Episode done. Spiders are bad. <laughs> <laughs>